0: Introducing Christianity to Mormons, a new book by Mormonism Research Ministries' Eric Johnson and published by Harvest House Publishers is a resource that will help you share your faith with Latter-day Saint friends and loved ones. Order your copy of Introducing Christianity to Mormons at MRM.org. Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a Biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Welcome
1: to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. With me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. For the past couple of days, we have been responding to a Latter-day Saint by the name of Robert Fuston. at least that's the name he uses on YouTube. And he is responding to a conversation that I personally had with a very nice Latter-day Saint lady on the streets of Manti during the Mormon Miracle Pageant. This was a few years back, and so Mr. Fuston is trying to dissect some of the things that I said in my conversation to her, showing that really, I guess you could say, he thinks I'm all wet. Which, okay, I get that. I know how important the gold plate story is, according to the Mormon narrative, that if you take the gold plate story out of it, and you prove it to be false, this certainly does not lend a lot of credibility to Joseph Smith, who told the story originally. Now, we've looked at his first rebuttal, and in my response yesterday, I answer a lot of these things, but after he writes this, Eric, you noticed that he had to kind of change the story when it comes to whether or not the plates were gold or were they just a golden color. What did you write?
2: I said the angel Moroni called them gold, not golden, according to Joseph Smith History 134. He said there was a book deposited written upon gold plates, giving an account of the former inhabitants of this continent. And so did you notice from yesterday's show, as we were reading through here, that he makes two arguments. Number one, he says the plates were not made of gold, but number two, it's possible to carry 200 pounds. Well, he's arguing in opposite directions here because if they're not golden, why are you so insistent on saying that somebody could carry... 200 pounds. And so it doesn't make any sense why he argues this way.
1: You make a very good point there, Eric, because nobody that I know of argues that the plates really weighed any more than 200 pounds. Even John Witso, a Mormon apostle that we've quoted earlier in this week, he says that a cube of solid gold of that size, speaking of six inches by eight inches by six inches deep, which is the measurement that Joseph Smith himself gives us for the size of the plates, he says, a cube of solid gold of that size, if the plates were pure, would weigh 200 pounds. He's right. Gold is 1,204 pounds per cubic foot. If the plates were one-sixth of a cubic foot, obviously they would have weighed around 200 pounds. Maybe a pound more, maybe a pound less. Who knows? I'm not being that picky. But you're absolutely correct, and it's a great observation. He doesn't want to believe that the plates were actually made of a metal gold, But then he argues that it's perfectly legitimate to say that somebody could pick up a 200 pound brick. That was the phrase that he used.
2: So now he's going to respond. Okay, so you answered one of my explanations and disregarded the other two. And then the one you offered wasn't even a full explanation. As I have seen several examples of gold plates put on rings come out of Native American burial grounds, not nearly as elaborate, but I have seen them.
1: I don't know how that argument helps because. He says, you answered one of my explanations and disregarded the other two. Well, the first one that you answered was the fact that the angel himself said the plates were made of gold. Are we really to believe that Moroni did not know what the metal content was in the plates that he himself and his father Mormon were supposedly engraving. See, this is where it's just amazing to me how the Mormon has to get away from what's actually said and start making all these other details up out of whole cloth, and that's basically what they're doing, to try and make this work in their own mind. Now, when he says that you answered one of the explanations, and I thought you did a good job on that, Well, you and I, going back into this large paragraph of his, the first one, the only other two arguments he really raises is this idea that he carried a 160-pound dummy while he was trying out for the Detroit Police Department. Well, we answered that, and we showed that you cannot use that as an example because that's a distributed weight being carried over an individual's shoulder. That's not a compressed weight of plates that are six inches by eight inches by six inches. It's completely different. And I don't think people understand this. The only way they can truly understand it is to try lifting Sandra Tanner's lead plates that weigh 118 pounds, a pound heavier than the 117 pounds that John Whitzo came up with his 10% air gap theory that he said was a weight easily carried by a man as strong as was Joseph Smith. And I would argue it's not an easy weight at all. All you need do is try lifting plates that are 117 pounds, and you will find out that that doesn't work. When he talks about, as I have seen, several examples of gold plates put on rings come out of Native American burial grounds, not nearly as elaborate, but I have seen them. Eric, we have searched on the web, trying to find something that matches this description, gold plates put on rings coming out of Native American burial grounds. Are we to believe that Mr. Fuston is trying to tell us that they've seen plates With rings come out of Native American burial grounds that were six inches by eight inches by six inches deep? Because I would challenge that. I don't think that's true. He might find a plate or two or maybe three with a ring. I wish I had a reference and and at least a link to where he saw some of these things, because I'm sure if they really existed, there's probably a website that would have it on there. And I'm not aware of that. Now, let me just say this we're completely aware that there are examples of gold sheets with engravings on them. And you can see these on the web. That's not hard to find. But again, we don't find anything as complex or as large as what Joseph Smith is describing. And that's where I think this rebuttal of his tends to lose speed, because we're not talking about the same thing. Okay, so you found a gold plate. It had a ring in it. That's not what Joseph Smith was describing, and that's what we're trying to understand. How could Joseph Smith do the things he claimed to have done with plates that were this size? And that's where the difficulty comes from.
2: This is what he says. I still don't believe they were actually gold. The reason being is 95% or more of the descriptions I have ever heard in over 50 years has been golden plates, not gold plates. I still don't think it matters because the descriptor that the man in this video is trying to make is that you cannot pick up a 200-pound brick, carry it under your arm, and run. I'm sorry, but you most certainly can. I've seen people who are more than capable of exactly that. They aren't large people.
1: Then I'm at a loss as to why he's arguing that they're not gold. If you yes. think that that is easy to do, Mr. Fuston, just go with the gold plate argument. Just say that they were made of pure gold because you seem to be arguing that this is quite possible. I'm challenging you on that conclusion. It is not possible. And when he says the reason being that he thinks that they were not actually gold is because 95% or more of the descriptions I have ever heard in over 50 years has been golden plates, not gold plates. You know, I can't say what this guy reads. All I can tell you is what I've read. And I have read a number of times as we've read on this show where leaders themselves were saying the plates were made of the metal gold. I mean, we read the statement from Franklin D. Richards, who in general conference on October 5th, 1895, said that the record was written on plates of pure gold. That's a Mormon apostle saying that. So I guess Mr. Fuston has more insight than a Mormon apostle from his own church. Does Mr. Fuston have priesthood authority to correct an apostle? I think Mr. Fuston needs to go back and read what Joseph Smith said about that. You don't have the authority to instruct or correct anyone with priesthood authority higher than yourself. Now, Mr. Fuston can believe this if he chooses. He certainly has the right to believe whatever he wants, but I don't think refuting what a Mormon apostle says is a real good selling point when it comes to the story of Mormonism.
2: Let's talk adrenaline real fast. Bill also states when a lady says perhaps it was the effect of adrenaline, he states matter-of-factly, the adrenaline doesn't work like that. So now he professes to be a physiologist with a PhD. I've seen adrenaline work exactly that way. I have no idea why he would make such an absurd statement.
1: First of all, Why would there be any need for adrenaline to kick in for Joseph Smith when he's nonchalantly taking the plates out of the stone box below his body weight in the ground and then putting them in a hollow log, as he says, and then comes back later on to take the plates out of the hollow log and starts to walk home with them? You see, I don't believe that part of the story either. There is no way adrenaline would play a role in this because adrenaline works when someone is startled. It's what they call the fright or flight. Do you stand and do you fight or do you actually flee? Do you take off? It's when danger is approaching. There's no danger at this point in the story. Joseph Smith just goes to the hollow log where he put the plates and he grabs them and he says, I tucked them, I wrapped them in a linen frock, or as the modern saints book says, a shirt, and he tucks them under his arm and he heads for home. There's nothing to be scared of at this point. It's not till later on when he gets off of the road and starts going down this dark path that he's attacked by a man who's armed with a gun hiding behind a hollow log. Now there you could say, well, their adrenaline could kick in. And I would go, perhaps, but that doesn't explain... All the distance it took for Joseph Smith to get there in the first place.
2: That's a great point. You think about a woman who lifts up a car that's pinned her husband that has fallen on him and she can do that because of the adrenaline but ask her to do it 20 minutes later she's not going to be able to do that in the same way Joseph Smith had no reason to have adrenaline taking the plates out of the stone box in the Hill Camorra. How did he do that without any leverage, without any handles to be able to pull that out. He doesn't have adrenaline happening. And then when he goes back to get them from the hollow log, there's no adrenaline effect here. So you don't have to be a Ph.D. physiologist to be able to state that adrenaline is not the answer to the problem that the Mormon has with these gold plates.
1: And let's also look at his statement. When I talk about adrenaline not working that way, he goes on to say, so now he, speaking of myself, professes to be a physiologist with a Ph.D.? Where in the world did I ever profess that? No. Are you saying that we can't find out the basics of how adrenaline works in the human body by simply going to an article written by someone who may be a PhD in this field? What do you think I did? That's exactly what I did. This is how I know this is because I've read research done by people who are quite capable of coming up with these conclusions. So when he accuses me of professing to be a physiologist with a PhD, that's just not true. That is exactly either an exaggeration. At worst, it is a lie because I never made that kind of a statement. Tomorrow, we will continue looking at some of Robert Fuston's rebuttals.
0: How would you like to have Mormonism Research Ministry address your church on the subject of Mormonism? MRM's Bill McKeever and Eric Johnson have spoken at many Christian churches all over the country. You see, they can tailor their presentation to meet your church's needs. Anything from a one-day basic introduction to a weekend symposium. You'll find these PowerPoint presentations clear, articulate, and presented in a Christ-honoring fashion. So let your pastor know today that you'd like to have MRM speak at your church. Write us at contact at mrm.org.